A lot of people have problems with their behavior because of trauma. Uh, most of us, every human being goes, go, endures trauma, whether it's something extremely severe and serious like PTSD or a car accident or a fire or uh, a rape or an assault, or whether it's, you know, not getting picked for volleyball or being told by your mother that you're not a good dancer or whatever it is. These, these, when we don't live in a culture that naturally undoes, that unties the traumas. Like a traditional, a traditional human culture, you'd have ritual, you'd have ceremony, you'd have singing, you'd have dancing, you would have healers, the community would notice when something was off, and it, they would get involved because it would affect them. So it's, it's sort of a self-regulating culture. We don't have it. You get your little trauma, where it's stuck. You get another, you know, and then other traumas build on it. And these build up in the nervous system. And so we do a lot of work helping people with breath work, with muscular tension, with exposure therapy to unpleasant thoughts and emotions and sensations to begin to untie those nuts themselves intentionally so that they can undo the fight or flight or undo the collapse and step into their own agency. That's Howard Jacobson. And I'm Brian Falchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. Welcome to another episode of the Do A Day Podcast. My guest today is Howard Jacobson, who is Howard. For those of you who have followed me, you may have heard me on Howard's show a while ago now, several months ago. He's, um, he's a really interesting, inspiring, and fun guy focused on the vegan community and whole food plant-based diets and how to bring that into the forefront of people's lives. And that's why he hosts this really popular uh, popular podcast. He he jokes about it not being all that popular, at least it's popular in his house, but it's actually pretty pretty big, uh, not just in the vegan community, but beyond that, it's called the Plant Yourself Podcast. For those of you who've listened to episode 12 with Josh Lajani, um, Howard and Josh work together uh, as this dynamic duo that is helping to establish and grow WellStart Health, where Howard serves as the chief of behavioral science, which he says is really about the habits that we all have. And he also wrote a book with Josh called Sick to Fit. Um, he's been a contributing author to some some pretty big work in the space, including uh, T. Colin Campbell, Dr. T. Colin Campbell's uh, whole Rethinking the Science of Nutrition. And he's worked with Garth Davis on Proteinaholic, which is an awesome book if you haven't checked it out. Um, those are two really big pieces of work in the plant-based community, and he was right there at the forefront of them, and that's that's pretty amazing. He's also been featured in a ton of different places, and what you'll notice about him when we get into this is he puts out so much for free because he believes in the impact of what he's doing, and um, that just says something about the kind of person he is. What sparked me having him on was... This email blast that he sent out about one of his podcast episodes that um, it just really struck a nerve with me. He's talking about his father and the values he was growing up with and what he witnessed as his father died um, in what he calls out. And we, you know, we really talk about it. So I don't want to give too much away, but his dad passed over something that, from his perspective, uh, and through the research that he's gained now, he understands most likely could have been avoided or could have been reversed. And that's what sparked this passion in him to try to stop that from happening to other people. So that's really the the genesis of why he was on the show in the first place. Um, but, you know, he's just, he's a powerful guy. He knows a ton. He gives a ton. And I'm really excited to have him on the show. So with that, let's jump into the episode with Howard Jacobson. Howard Jacobson, thank you so much for joining me today. This is uh, it's a big honor to have you on and a lot of um, a lot of anticipation. So I'm excited to get into your story. I'm excited to be here and uh, I'm just going to follow the, the one rule, which is no swearing. Okay. <laughs> 
Um, I should come up with other rules, but then it's not as fun. I think yeah. that, that one's enough. Um, so you're, you're an interesting one for me because I never knew about what brought you to what you do today. And we'll get into what that is in a second. And then you sent out this email. Um, you've got your regular email that you send out to your list. And, and I've been on that for a while. And it was like, I'm going to set aside what I normally say and just say what I'm actually feeling right now. And it was this really personal story, a uh, bit of history in your dad, what that's meant to you. And I started to connect dots and, and maybe rightly or wrongly so. But uh, I was connecting all these dots into who you are today. And I was like, that makes you perfect for this show because it's about that backstory and leading into what you're trying to achieve. And I just, I want to get that out. So, um, so that's why you're on, if you didn't know. I know I've given you that mm -hmm. sense. Um, but give people a nutshell of what, what you're up to these days and then we'll dig into what brought you there. Okay, sure. So, so I've got the uh, Plant Yourself podcast, which has been going for five years now. Um, every time I post a new episode with a new number, I'm amazed because I don't think of myself as someone with staying power, <laughs> like, you know, eas easily distracted. But uh, something about this must work for me because I just released episode 293. Oh. Um, Five and years is, that's a long time. For, so many podcasts fizzle after a few months. So that is a definite staying power. Yeah, it's weird. It, it almost feels like it's every week is like a different project. Like maybe that's what, maybe that's the secret for me. It keeps it interesting. Uh, cause you know, cause I was doing it like pretty, uh, you mentioned we were talking about rich roll a little bit before we, we started recording. He was the one who told me to get serious about it because I had just had done a bunch of interviews and they mm -hmm. were sort of willy nilly. And he said, like, look, public, you know, treat it with, treat it with respect, treat your audience with respect. At that point, I didn't have an audience as far mm -hmm. as I knew, but there was something about, just having the opportunity to talk to these luminaries, these people whom I found so inspiring in my own life, yeah. that I didn't kind of, I kind of didn't care who else listened. It's like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on a, you know, a, a date with Charlize Theron. I don't need an audience, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I get that for sure. And you've had some amazing people on and built some pretty great relationships as a result yeah, of that, including you. Yeah, and I've, I think I've probably benefited more from that than you have, but. Um, Thank you for saying, including me. Um, you've been a huge support of, of what I've been trying to achieve as well. So thank you. Um, uh, that's not all you do. You don't just no. have a podcast. No, I have, I, have, I have several ways to not make money. <laughs> Such as? <laughs> well, the, the other one is um, I, I joined a startup as a co-founder. And I, it's called Wellstart Health. At least today it is. I think we might we might be shopping for new names for okay. for a variety of of complex reasons, um, but today it's Wellstart Health, and it basically is a a digital platform and care team to reverse chronic disease. Hmm. So basically, if you you know the model for medicine is give somebody a pill, so and you can you know doctors understand how to prescribe pills, pharmacists understand how to package them and sell them. Pharmaceutical companies understand how to develop and market them. The government understands how to regulate them. The insurance companies understand how to pay for them. And so there's this entire infrastructure that it's just convenient to give people a pill. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it doesn't have to be any more nefarious than that, although of course it is. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So the question is, can we create something that actually works to reverse disease or to halt it? or to prevent it in the first place that can look enough like a pill in terms of its structure, in terms of checking a bunch of boxes, in terms of its being prescribable, in terms of replicability, that can lead to behavior change, that mm. can lead people to move to a plant-based lifestyle, daily movement, um, stress management that works, enough sleep, drinking water, all the things we know are important for a healthy life, you know, limiting tobacco and uh, alcohol and, you know, the, the very, very simple that everybody agrees upon. And can we get people to put those habits into their life in a meaningful, sustainable, long-term way? And that's the experiment. That's the question that we've, we've set out to answer. Yeah. But don't you know it's too hard? And no one wants to give anything up. And yeah, it, it, it's, uh, I love the purpose of it. 
And so my wife and I, you know, we, we do similar work with people one-on-one and, uh, it always amazes me. It's like the, the, the number of times we hear, I know I shouldn't eat this because I'm allergic to it or I have a reaction to it, or I know it's hurting me, but it's too hard to give up. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's so, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. So, so, you know, we work with people on various levels, including the cognitive level, um, with their thoughts and with their words. Um, frankly, most, most people think it's too hard to give up because they have tried and tried and failed so many times and they've Mm -hmm. tried badly. So I I just imagine like a, a six-year-old listening to someone play Rachmaninoff's piano concerto in A minor, and then sitting down at the piano, ever never having taken a lesson and trying to play it. Yeah. And and imagining what comes out. And they're just going, ding, 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 ding. And they get frustrated. Yeah. And they go, oh, well, I'm, not, I'm no good at that. And then they try again in a week, and they try again in a month. And every time they try, they fail. And no one ever told them, you know, you got to start with C, D, E, D, C. You have to start with chunking it down, doing a little bit at a time, practicing, developing skills. Like, no, you know, it would be insane if we thought that we could learn how to play uh, piano concertos the way we try to change our habits. Uh, Yeah, no one would question that. Yet we all go about it, or many people go about it just like doing that. Yeah, because we don't think of them as as, as skills. We think of it as character. Right. Someone can't do a day. They think they read your book. They go, I tried to do a day. I, I, you know, day, day one and two were great. Day three, I was overcome by a craving and I did something and I guess I'm just not strong enough. Brian's a different kind of human than I am. That's where day four comes in. That's where day four comes in. Day four becomes day one again. Yeah, it's fine. Right. There's only, there's only in your system, there's only one day. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Right. But, you know, so people and we have these ideas from like um, 12 step programs where you have your chips and you're counting yep. the days. It's all it's almost like you're you're bracing yourself. How long can I hang on? Like I'm, my fingers are you know yeah. are clawing into the mountain and I'm starting to slide down. It's, it's inevitable that I'm going to as opposed to there's only today. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, why are at dinner when the only thing is the piece of cake that's right in front of you right now. So, so, we, so we, we work on the cognitive level, we work on the skill level, and very importantly, we work on the neurological level too. Because uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of people have problems with their behavior because of trauma. Uh, most of us, every human being goes, goes, endures trauma, whether it's something extremely severe and serious like PTSD or a car accident or a fire or uh, a rape or an assault, or whether it's, you know, not getting picked for volleyball or being told by your mother that you're not a good dancer or whatever it is. These, these, when we don't live in a culture that naturally undoes, that unties the traumas, like a traditional a traditional human culture, you'd have ritual, you'd have ceremony, you'd have singing, you'd have dancing, you would have healers, the community would notice when something was off, and it, they would get involved because it would affect them. So it's it's sort of a self-regulating culture. We don't have it. You get your little trauma, where it's stuck. You get another, you know, and then other traumas build on it. And these build up in the nervous system. And so we do a lot of work helping people with breath work, with muscular tension with exposure therapy to unpleasant thoughts and emotions and sensations to begin to untie those nuts themselves intentionally uh, so that they can actually um, undo the fight or flight or undo the collapse and step into their own agency. So that's, that's what, that's what we're up to. Um, I, I love, I love what you're framing with the, the cultural shift, because uh, again, I, I think it's not something people think about. And you hear the phrase, I'm over it, like, just get over it and move on. <laughs> and every time I hear someone say I'm over it, and they're all worked up, I'm like, well, clearly, you're not over it, because you're angry yeah. right now. And it's like, <laughs> but we kid ourselves, right? We, 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 uh, we think it's just, we'll just move forward. And you need to be big and, and get a, well, like, look, 
everything from the big trauma to little trauma, it does have an impact on us. And you don't actually get to ignore it. It will, it will, you know, fester, it will do things, it will have an impact whether you are admitting it or not. Yeah, to me, the, to me, the brave thing to do, and it just took me, you know, 45 years to begin to fathom. So I don't, I don't uh, fault anyone for not getting it. For me, the brave thing to do to, to move on is to face it. Yeah. Is to deal with it, is to acknowledge it, is to step into it, re-experience it as an adult with, uh, with time and support and more resources, and then integrate it. Yeah. That's move. That's moving on. Just yeah. you know, the the other is is denial. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, so there there's a third piece of you. Maybe there's several more, but you also mm-hmm. are heavily involved in the literary world. Your name is on mm-hmm. a number of seminal books in the uh, in the plant based and and broader wellness space. So I don't know if you were going to mention that too, but when I, when I started research you, when I was going to be on your show, I just like, I, I think just reading the number the the names of the books you're on are longer than that list is longer than some of the books I've read. Yeah. Well, there's only, there's only three in the plant-based world. But there's um, a lot more that your name's on or attached to in, in some way. Or, or you, you've been a part of, of a number of different books out there. I've done like like forwards, and so if you're looking, if you're counting Amazon, maybe stuff, that's how it's popping up. Yeah. Also, there's a British novelist with the same name as me. Uh, um, so uh, you know, I, I would love his sales numbers, but uh, <laughs> but alas, I don't have them. All right. So you have to write some uh, murder mystery about vegans. That's the, the crossover. <laughs> Um, you know, somebody, um, you know, my editor for Veg World News, Laurie Freed, wrote this amazing vegan murder mystery. It was a short story, but I think it would make a great, uh, a great movie. It was um, called Death by Lasagna. And her idea was this, this woman is unhappy in her marriage and she wants to kill her husband with no fingerprints. And the way she does it is by coming, becoming like a cordon bleu chef. And like within three years, he dies of a stroke. Nice. So... <laughs> So, so I think the societal I think the genre, commentary. I think the genre has possibilities. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's completely <laughs> change gears for a minute. I want to get to that email that sparked me reaching out to you about being on the show. Sure. Um, so can you can you go over that a bit about what what that whole email was about about your dad and and how that's impacted who you are? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a podcast episode. And I'm, I'm trying. Oh, I think I was in like day four of That's a water right. fast. It was. It was a podcast episode. It wasn't just the email. The email brought me to the episode. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. So um, there was, you know, the the one thing about like mental impairment is that you don't think you're mentally impaired. <laughs> but, yeah. Water so fast like, seemed to do that quite a bit from everyone I've seen. Yeah, it just it's you know I, I I didn't know at the time, but it kind of just sort of released a whole bunch of inhibitions, and I was extremely emotional and just releasing lots of lots of things. You know, there's something about eating my feelings that can keep them at bay for years, and just giving giving myself space to, oh, this feeling is coming up and it's not very pleasant, and I think a Larabar could take care of it, but I, <laughs> but I'm not eating for a week means the feeling, you know, it not only keeps knocking, I eventually open the door. Yeah. And it says, let's talk. And so what was coming up for me was, uh, well, first of all, I I didn't feel like I wanted to talk to a guest. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't have the, like doing this, I need to be, you know, paying attention to myself. I need to be paying attention to you. I need to be paying attention to the technology. It just felt like too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like what I do every day felt like multitasking. And so I was just, I just like turned on the recorder and I wanted to explain what I was doing with Wellstart. And the, the impetus for it was I have this really torturous relationship with money and monetary success. How so? Um, I have always felt like making money must make me some kind of a sellout. Uh. Right. And so, you know, if I was doing if I was really doing good work, it would be for a nonprofit or I would be living in a hut somewhere and, you know, making my own clothes out of tree bark. Like I know it's um, messed up, which which is the phrase I use because I I'm following rule number one. Um, 
and I've dealt with it in various ways, but it still it still lingers. This idea that you know, and, and it's kind of reinforced. Like a lot of people um, who get the podcast, and almost everything I do is for free. The podcast yeah. is for free. The email is for free. Uh, I mean, if I'm spending you know a year and a half of my life writing a book and it's eleven dollars on Kindle, that's close enough. And yeah. you know, then when I when I would announce like, hey, I'm doing a course or I'm teaching something and it costs money and you got to pay to enter, there are people who then start questioning, you know, why are you doing this? Why aren't you making it available for free? And that that goes right. That's like a uh, you know a little Velcro thing right on this money wound yeah. that, that's on my body. It just sticks really hard. Yeah. So I, I I went in to talk about why am I doing this? Why? Why am I joining a company that not only is paying, you know, well, they're not paying me because we don't have any, <laughs> you know, we're not there yet. So I'm, I'm taking, I'm not taking a salary, but I, I invested. And if the company does well, I do well. Yeah. And it's, it's a, you know, it's an entrepreneurial venture. And why is that important to me? And so I, I, I was, I had no notes. I was just sort of riffing and what I discovered by talking, and I could, there's no way I could have told you what I was going to say before I said it. Yeah. But what I discovered was that I was just really angry at having lost my father when I was 24 years old. And I started thinking, you know, as I was doing this, this rant, I was thinking more and more about all the ways in which I admired him and respected him. And what it meant, what it would have meant to me to have him around for another 10 or 20 or 30 years. And also all of his shortcomings. Mm. They, they were you know, generational and individual, but he never got the chance to correct. He didn't get to see um, the Me Too movement and become more sensitive towards gender issues. He didn't get to see you know, gay marriage and and become more understanding of of sexual orientation differences. He he didn't get to grow in ways that I'm confident he would have, because in so many ways he was such a role model. He was such a uh, a profile in courage when I was growing up, and and I remember when he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Um, I was maybe 21 years old and I started doing research on, and all I found was like saw palmetto and, um, alternative therapies and, and energy healing and lots of stuff that may or may not have any sort of, um, efficacy. There certainly isn't a lot of data on, on any of it. It's supposed to be sort of anecdotal and people selling books and, uh, you know, trips to their clinic. But at that point, there was plenty of evidence that it was the diet, mm. that, that the diet was causing it and that the diet could have reversed it. And I didn't know where to look. Mm -hmm. And there weren't, there weren't, there were, you know, books here and there that made some sort of some claims. Certainly there were plenty of claims in the seventies and eighties about, you know, Ayurvedic or, um, macrobiotic or this or that, but it was, the information had not spread from a very, very small academic world into the world that I lived in where, where we could have done something about it. And he ended up dying of, uh, you know, ignorance born disease. Yeah. And Everybody I know has stories like that, right? Like the, what struck me as I was talking wasn't that I was revealing something, you know, unique about myself. I was revealing something very universal, that we have all lost people too soon, that we've seen towering figures shrivel yeah. under the under the weight of disease and disability, and. It's 2018. It's it's been almost 30 years. 2089. More than 30 years. How long has it been? How old am I? 
<laughs> it's been it's been a long time. I need I'm a too old to help you with that. Yeah, right. Eighteen plus twenty-one. It's been, gosh, almost forty years. Yeah. I don't think that's right. You might. <laughs> it's been a long time. I'm, I'm having I'm having uh, flashbacks to uh, caloric caloric deprivation. No, you, clearly, that's thirty-nine years. You you're 30. yeah. It's almost forty years. You got it. Oh my God, I'm old. <laughs> and if and if it's wrong, we'll just uh, we'll record a little repair and edit it back in. So it's yeah. fine. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think it's forty because I'm not sixty yet. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so someone's someone's listening to this now, shaking their head that that I ever you know graduated from elementary school, but but it's uh, been a while. Let's yes, like it that. has. Yeah, it has. It's been many years. Yeah, I've got more important things to worry about than a written. It's it's 2018. We can can we agree? We, <laughs> I got that. Yeah. Actually, and, this is going to come out in 2019. Okay. But that's all right. We'll keep going. Okay. All right. Hello, future world. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're still being fed the same ignorance. Yeah. Like in 1987, it was in 1989. It was tragic. Right, but. I don't blame the doctors. I don't blame anyone. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't necessarily that well known. Yeah. But today, for anyone to suffer needlessly, and you and I were talking before about, you know, people who say, well, I know I should, but I just can't. That's like, that's one thing. If you say, I wish I could do this and I can't, of course, we can help them with that. Yeah. Um, Or if someone says, you know what? I love my fill-in-the-blank cheeseburger, steak, uh, speckled trout, whatever it is, and I'd rather live a shorter life with it than a longer life without it. Cool. I have nothing to say about that. But for people who want health to not have access to the information that can save their lives and could save their family members' lives— yeah. I think what the, you know, the line that I remember saying from that is any doctor who is not trained in lifestyle medicine is, I forget the words I use, but basically they're, they're untrained. They're, they, they should sue their medical school. And that's almost all of them. All right. I don't know how many doctors there are. In, in America, I was just at the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, which had their biggest ever conference this past week. There were 1,200 people there. I'm, I would guess that maybe two-thirds of them were, were clinicians of some sort, and maybe a quarter of the clinicians were MDs. So that's really two, small population. Two, 300 MDs. That's yeah. like one for, one for every million Americans. Yeah. And... And it, you know, it's growing. Yeah. But it made it made me angry, and I th- and I I realized that that was kind of one of the fuel, one of the sources of fuel that drove me to want to bring this stuff not just to the people that you and I reach because they're interested in our podcasts or they resonate. I want to reach the people who've never heard of this. Yeah. I want and and to, and to do that, we need capital. We need a big company. We need a long reach, we, and we need to be able to tailor this message to truck drivers in Indiana and oil rig workers in the Gulf of Mexico and school teachers in West Virginia and regular Americans who don't live within biking distance of Whole Foods. Yeah. And that's kind of what... I'm trying to build at Wellstart. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, obviously I applaud the mission. I think it's such an interesting time because it is growing. There is an increased focus on wellness, on better eating. Um, lifestyle medicine not that long ago really just meant Viagra and maybe Rogaine. <laughs> um, but it's luckily it's taken on a, a different and better meaning. Yet at the same time, I feel like it's actually that both sides are growing. So the the uh, standard American diet supporting side with processed food and the commercialization of farming and, and all that is also more powerful and growing and more entrenched. And so, yes, there are, you know, being vegan is, is less weird than it used to be. 
I always tell people I never have problems eating out. You know, it's very, very rare that I can't find anything. Um, I actually can't think of an instance where I genuinely could not eat anything um, at a restaurant or something like that, even, you know, an airport or even a gas station. Um, I just didn't eat at the gas station, but that's a different story. But at the same time, it also feels like the, it's weird calling it the traditional side or the, um, what's, what's the word? If it's not organic, it's uh, conventional, conventional, which is so ironic because that's actually not the convention. You know, the, the <laughs> conventional was organic, non-GMO, not processed and all, you know, and, and that's a different story from plant-based or not. But, um, the, the quote unquote conventional big food kind of world is a lot more powerful and pushing harder as well. So it's an interesting time. I guess like everything in this country, the two sides are more powerful and butting heads more, you know, like, like our politics, like so many different things. Yeah. And I think, you know, we certainly have, have nature and truth on our side. So I try to remember that when I start to be, to, uh, to become a little bit too scrappy Yeah, that, you know, I need the truth more than the truth needs me. Um, so I'm just, I'm trying to accelerate things so that because we know we know that the healthcare system as it is now is unsustainable. Yeah. So the quest the question is is it going to go away because we replace it with something better or is it going to collapse under its own weight and leave us with a tattered care system? And we can ask the same thing about convention about agriculture. Yeah. Are are we going to replace it with intelligent sustainable ecological systems that can that can provide local food security and regenerate the planet or or is it going to go away because there's simply not enough nitrogen phosphorus and potassium to throw into these dead soils and the, there's not enough pesticides and weed killers to stop the the superbugs and the 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 herbicide resistant strain weeds you know, we can ask the same thing about our climate, right? Mm-hmm. So we're we're at this we're at several um, T intersections, and we're either going to make an elegant turn in one direction or another, or we're going to bloody our noses against a, a a wall that's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's right? really so, well put. So we're you know, we're seeing all these limits, and, and it, it doesn't feel like it because you know one one book I read um, likened it to you're in a an airplane and you've just flown, you know, you've, you've flown, the runway was a cliff and now you're out and you're falling, but you're high up enough that it feels like you're flying. Yeah. And, and, and we can see that the ground is rapidly approaching and we're sort of making little noises. And the political parties are arguing about what color curtains we want to have on this airplane, as opposed to the fact that it's heading straight, straight for the ground in a fiery yeah. 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 Wow. Um, Sorry, the, is this supposed to be a cheerful podcast? I forgot. I don't remember I either, but no, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't have to be cheerful for sure. I mean, we've had some pretty deep, dark, difficult stuff, but that's kind of the point is people are in those places. And sometimes it's, it's hearing someone who's speaking the same language with the same sort of pain that helps them see they're not alone. And then hearing the message about what that person's doing to pick up and move forward. My hope is that, you know, that inspires people who are in that place. Cause there are people who are, you know, maybe, maybe they're on a one seater plane and, or at least it feels that way and mm-hmm. their life is spiraling out of control. And, you know, going back to that, that six year old on the piano, like they don't know how to fly the plane. They don't know what to do about it. They keep trying and they keep failing. They need that help. Um, and the consequences are really dire now. It's not just that you don't get to play in the concert. It's that, you know, you you die of complications from diabetes or, or whatever else long before you ever need to. And your life is, you know, it's not, it's not just a mortality question. It's one of morbidity as well is what kind of life do you get to have, you know, in between now and whenever the end comes. And that's... Mm-hmm that's where the choices come in and the work that you're doing, the work that, that Josh is doing with you, Josh Johnny, um, and what he's done in his community, which was so, I don't want to say pro obesity, but size was celebrated, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, yeah. it's not just about overcoming the desires or the, the things we like to eat. 
it's also about overcoming really strong societal norms that celebrate in some cases bigness or you know the, the barbecue and the you know all these different food scenes that if you're not doing that you're strange you don't care about people you're not you know it's not how you're raised so how do you figure that out it's a much bigger question than just i like the taste of it yeah yeah and you know just because things look bad is no excuse to sit on the sidelines. Yeah. Like, you know, I, my family um, on my mother's side escaped from Hitler, from the Holocaust. And the, you know, so I was always very aware of what happened dur during that time. And the fact that it was a very, very small number of people who managed to, uh, to create and carry out the policies that led to the the deaths and displacement of millions. Yeah. And so the the you know, the interesting question for me was always what about what are what about all the others, the ninety nine percent who weren't, you know, or the 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 sixty percent who weren't the perpetrators or the victims, who are mostly stand you know bystanders. Yeah. And I don't want to ever I don't want to be in a position where we're living in some dystopian Mad Max landscape and my grandkids says what did you do when yeah. you where you where you were you know destroying the when your um cohort was destroying the planet i'm like well you know this and that it didn't yeah. seem that bad we had netflix like you don't understand we had, the fortnite was really big and like just cuz just cuz it seems like unlikely that things will Will work out. Does like like that's that's there's freedom in that. Yeah. You know, like if you're if you're down by uh, by one point, you can play, you know, defensively. Right. If you're, if you're, but if you're down by you know three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, you got to open it up. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of a fun place to be when you got nothing to lose. Yeah. So you um, obviously you, you wouldn't know this, but um, another guest that I had whose episode's not out yet. This guy, Frank King, who's the suicide comedian, is how he terms himself, because he's um, he suffers from, um, it's not extreme, but it's something like that. Extreme suicidality is the term. So he's got depression oh. with, with um, high uh, frequent thoughts of suicide. And we, we both did TED Talks together. He went on right after me. Um, he was amazing. I mean, it really, really affected me. Because he was talking about it not as a death sentence, no pun intended, but actually as something that's been freeing because he's had these moments where, you know, he was in a job that he just was absolutely hating, had to get out of, and he realized if he didn't, he was going to kill himself. And what he wanted to do was quit his job and start doing stand-up comedy, but, you know, financially, could he support that? Was everything going to fall apart? And what he said is, well, if I stay in this job, I'm going to kill myself. If I leave and I can't make it and, you know, my family's in ruins and my wife is destitute and I can still just kill myself. So why not do it? You know, like, yeah. why not just take this? So he, it was sort of um, part of his message was a bit empowering is like, how do you harness that without necessarily having to have thoughts of suicide, but recognizing that what's the worst thing that happens when you're in these Hail Mary pass kind of moments? You might as well try to make everything better because if you fail it was all going to fall apart anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what is it? Uh, Janice saying that freedom's another word for nothing left to lose. Yeah. Yeah. So the, you know, the free, the freedom to, for me to, to throw everything into a startup that, you know, I have no idea what will happen. Yeah. Um, you know, cause Josh and I were, were already doing uh, the big change program yep. and that's where we kind of honed our chops but it was it was with some very small populations, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that everyone has to go out and touch millions, um, but the challenge, like we we got really good at working with groups of 24 people, mm -hmm. and the question was, you know, and we could have done that as sort of a lifestyle business ongoing, and it would have had, I think, impact and merit, and it would have continued to spread. But the, the challenge that we wanted to deal with was, can we scale this? And the yeah. answer might be no. The answer might be, you know what? What we lose by scaling is, is too costly. 
and we have to, but we, we don't know until we try. Yeah. And it's, um, as, uh, you know, I have a friend, uh, Danny Warshe, who's a, uh, a professor of entrepreneurship at Brown University, and his his definition of entrepreneurship, I'm not sure, I'm not sure where he got it, is a pursuit of opportunity without regard to constraints currently under your control, or so without, without resources currently under your control. Yeah. So the constraints are actually part of the definition of being an entrepreneur. So knowing that we have we we want we want to scale, and scaling means we can't give an hour of our personal time to everybody every week. Yeah. So, so how can we how can we be more creative, more efficient, more collaborative? And what we we started discovering that community can support each other, that they don't necessarily need us in there all the time. And in fact, for us to pull out sometimes and give them space actually builds their own leadership and efficacy muscles. Mm-hmm. So, it, so it so certain compromises turn out to be better than what we thought we could do without without the compromise. Yeah, that's interesting. But you never find that out if you aren't willing to take the leap. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm okay if we fail. You know, uh I just, you know, it's like Kim Williams says it's I, I don't mind dying, I just don't want it to be my fault. <laughs> like yeah. It's it's okay, it's okay if we don't succeed. As long as we gave it our best shot. Yeah. Yeah. And you can always go back to the coaching model. Like that's always there. But if you have an opportunity to reach that many more people, because the work that you're doing is it's not self-serving. You you certainly get a benefit from it. And and I'm not talking about, you know, whether the company is successful or not. I mean, like you, you feel purpose. You feel like you're having an impact that that's the kind of thing that you get up every day for. Yeah. So there's there's clearly a drive, but to affect that much change, and it's literally about saving lives, um, that's a pretty profound purpose. So I I get it. You had to do it. Yeah. You and you know what a what a high it is yeah. to to get off a a call or a, a video or an email, and someone you know expresses their their gratitude for what you've allowed them to experience. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was just saying to someone earlier today that the, they were like, you know, they, they don't like public speaking. I very much do. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the reasons is when I, if I can get time with the audience afterward, you know, if I have like a, a breakout on the side where people can come up to me, I have yet to do a talk where someone doesn't come up to me just bawling and it, it it's good tears but yeah. it's like everything's come out and they're thankful for and I'm like that's why I did this if literally no one else in the audience got anything out of it the fact that it touched you in that way that's why I'm doing this cuz that helps you move forward sure thing yep yeah it's life saving really um literally what you guys are doing that's exactly what it is no pressure though yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so hard where does it where does it go from here there's the app there's a the whole program what, how do you know if you're succeeding? What, what's, what are you trying to get to? And, and when do you make that decision about, are we doing this or not? Um, well, so there's, there's two sets of metrics, right? There's the business metrics and the, um, impact metrics. So they both, they both have to work, right? I'm not interested in like, Hey, you know what? It turns out we can make more money. Um, you know, Selling fried chicken. Selling fried chicken. Just right. extreme. Right. Unless the research suddenly comes out, you know. Yeah, probably not. Right. right. No, I don't, I don't see that happening. But, uh, right. So whatever, whatever we do has to uh, change people's lives for the better. So for every program, um, we, actually have, we actually have a pretty interesting um, financial proposition, which is for, for employers, that their employees can go through the, the on-ramp program the first 12 weeks and if they and we we expect certain biomarkers to change by that time even mm-hmm. though we're taking it slow and they're not doing a 180 shift in diet and lifestyle but they're making some changes and we're guiding them and we we'd expect to see you know over over 12 weeks decrease in cholesterol or if they're a diabetic population stabilization and reduction in uh, in hemoglobin a1c levels uh, reduce hypertension, weight loss, um, 
you know, it's a lot of self-reported benefits, people feeling better, being more engaged at work, better mood. Um, if they don't achieve that and they have been participating, then they get to do it again. And if they haven't achieved it by the second time, we refund the majority of what the employer paid. Okay. So we are uh, putting skin in the game ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, it seems like a very brave thing to do, um, except when you realize that we're allying ourselves with, na with nature and biology. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it feels pretty safe to me. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like if I drop, if I drop this, uh, and it it doesn't hit the ground. I'll I'll give you your money back. Yeah, you know, it's a, yeah. We're work, we're working with forces as as reliable as gravity. Yeah. If people follow. If even if they just show up. Yeah. Like they have to engage the program. I'm not saying like you know yes you have to you know totally you know you can't eat another piece of chocolate or a chicken wing, but you've got to show up with, um, with good intent. Yeah. Like I want to, I want to improve, you, you know, I want, I want these outcomes and I'm willing to learn and grow and assume a growth mindset and suspend disbelief for a little while and, and show up and participate. And everybody in the, everybody in any program reaches a point where they feel like it's not going to work or they failed. Mm -hmm. And since ours is a community-based program, people then tell themselves, well, I don't want to bring everybody else down. It's not fair to them. And they're yeah. coming up with all these rationalizations why they're going to hide. And so we we preempt that. Tell them the very first day, there's going to be that day where the last thing you want to do is talk to your coach. The last thing you want to do is post how you did today. And that's exactly when you got to yes. do it. As soon as you hear the voice saying, I don't want to, then you got to. Yeah, that's exactly when you need the help. Yeah, spot on. So we know that when people simply agree to be vulnerable that they will make these strides. Mm. Um, so that's, you know, so that's the uh, outcome, the impact that we want to have. And in terms of uh, financial success, you know, and from my perspective, sustainability is the key. Can we keep doing what we're doing? So, you know, to me, money is a little bit like oxygen. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have enough Things are very difficult, but if you have a lot more than you need, it, it doesn't really give you anything. Yeah. It just it just makes you a little giddy and euphoric until you fall down, right? So the oxy, you know, the the money has to be uh, in balance with what we're trying to achieve. So so as our revenues grow, hopefully our mission can scale rather than, you know, us becoming billionaires and deciding that, uh, you know, Learjets are really the thing we were after all along. Yeah. Um, well, if, if that is what you're after, just give me a ride on them. And I'm sure that the in-flight food will be healthy. Um, yeah, but, but there's a six-year-old driving. So. Oh, all right. Back. We're back to that. <laughs> well, all right. Well, if the, uh, the conversations come full circle, then that's probably a sign that we should be wrapping things up. Um, what's, so what I know you've always got many things that you're working on, including this. What's uh, what's one of the next things that we can expect to see from you? Do you have a book in the works right now? I have a book so close to being done that it's painful. Okay, um, we're we're doing the last. You know, like you ever you ever move from a house and like you have like you pack up the furniture and you yeah, pack that's up the, the easy part. And, and then like you've got like the extra pair of keys yeah. and and some you know scotch tape and like this this final box of just like little things you don't quite know what to do with. That's where we are with the book. So Josh and I wrote a book. Um, we're calling it Sick to Fit. And it's largely um, our stories, more his than mine, because his is more dramatic and more Hollywood worthy. Um, but it's, based, it's, it's essentially everything we've, we teach in our program. And so that will before the end of the year will be available. Uh, and, and the model we're using is we're giving it away for free on Kindle mm -hmm. uh, for, for several reasons. One is um, we really like the idea of everyone having this information because it really is our best thinking on how to change your life, how to change your lifestyle. Mm. Um, the second reason is 
we would like it to be a an invitation for people who want who want to get involved with us in a uh, in a more significant way in a, in a greater exchange of value, which is to say their money for for our program. Um, so we're hoping that it will it will pre-qualify people. Sure. Um, so you know, our one of our rules is not no swearing. So the <laughs> so we toned it way down in the book, and there's still a little saltiness. Yeah. And so so anyone you know anyone who's offended by that who reads the book will correctly come to the conclusion that we're not their people, and yeah. probably probably you are. Well, so I I say different things outside the podcast. I just try to keep the uh, the not not explicit. I don't remember what the other one is. Uh, Oh yeah, the uh, on it. that whole iTunes thing. Yeah, yeah, that's. I, I, have, I have I have sworn before, as you know. <laughs> I have I have a special box that I put on my um, when I'm taking podcast notes, and you know when somebody f- drops one, I just put a check there and go okay. Yeah. <laughs> just so I don't make a mistake and uh, check the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but, this, but the book will the book will be out um, again soon soon as we can get it out. Yeah. Um. And also, we're we're working on an upgraded curriculum, which is to say, so far our our target market has been people who have come to us because they read one of my books, mm-hmm. or they listened to the podcast, or they follow Josh on social media, and so it's people who have who are already a little bit in the world mm-hmm. that that we want to you know they 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 feel bad that they're not doing what they believe should be done. Yeah. And so they need our help. That's very different from the group we're going after. Yeah. And so we're we're playing around a lot with redoing the curriculum to give people a a smooth, inviting, gentle downward grade on-ramp that allows them to take their own time, maintain their own autonomy and still move towards better and better habits and better and better health. And so yeah. we're finding that a, a really delicious challenge because it means talking to a lot of people, yeah. testing out messaging, um, playing with things. And I think, you know, if we can crack that, I think we have a very good chance of achieving the goals that uh, that I, I talked about when I was, uh, you know, drunk on water <laughs> in that podcast. No, that's really exciting. Um, obviously I'd like to see that succeed. I know you guys would too. Um, where, where can people find out more about you and about the, the rest of the work that you're doing? Yeah. So, uh, our website is wellstarthealth.com. You can go there and read about the program. Oh, I'm also, um, doing a coach training because one of the, one of the things we discovered is that our, our methodology is, is, different enough from the mainstream of health and coaching that mainstream health coaches and wellness coaches weren't a good fit. Mm. So, so we've started since Josh and I don't feel like being up every weeknight coaching. Yeah. We decided to start, uh, hiring and training coaches before we need to, before we, we have that need to scale. So, um, Josh and I, and a fellow named Kevin Davis created a coach training program. And so 2019 people, you can go to wellstartcoach.com to find out when our next cohort will be. That's uh, so far in the future that I have no idea when it will be, but we're uh, this, we've just, we're starting our, oops, excuse me a second. That's right. Um, yeah. So, um, so wellstartcoach.com. Wellstartcoach.com. Um, and it's for anyone who wants to be a coach or anyone yeah. who works in the health field as a health professional who wants to get better at motivating, influencing, guiding, and in, uh, enabling habit change. And also, we've had a lot of people who are just plant based activists mm. who just want to get better, you know, at conversations with friends without sort of becoming, you know, a drumbeat crusader who just yeah. turns everybody off. Yeah, yeah. So oh, that's that's, that's uh that's pretty much so you can go to wellstarthealth.com, wellstartcoach.com, and if you're interested in my podcast, it's at plantyourself.com. Yeah. And they can sign up for your newsletters or as well. Yep. Just top top left 
or top right. Just uh, all I need is an email address. It's worth it for everyone's always complaining about getting too many emails and this one's worth getting. And you're not you're not a horrifically spammy, high volume kind of thing. No, I forget. Most weeks I just forget <laughs> to send it out. Well, that's every now and then I forget that I'm on your list and then I get another email. I'm like, oh, yeah. But it's, yeah. Always, it's always quality stuff. Well, thanks. Um, Howard, thank you so much for giving me your time. It's, uh, it was, it's, it's enlightening for me. It's like we were saying, um, I think before we started recording, um, I don't really care if other people enjoy it or not. I get so much out of doing these things. I'm growing. Um, yeah. Of course I care, but. I still got something out of it. So at least you've, you've gotten a one person if there's nothing else. Um, but thank you very much for giving me your time. Well, thanks for the, for the space and for the, the great questions and for the, for the interest in that, uh, you know, in that very raw yeah. <laughs> uh, episode that I did. It's nice, it's nice to reflect back on it. Um, you know, it's like, like sometimes you have a dream and you think like, oh, I just you know, solved the world's problems. And then you remember the idea and it was just, crazy so yeah. it's so it's nice to look back on that and still feel comfortable yeah that, that it's it's still a, a a guiding force for me yeah you didn't you didn't cross the line into like wait what, what was he on when he wrote this <laughs> um all right the most important question are you are you up for helping me close it you remember the line <sighs> yeah contact, you loosened up contact, shake it up. i got it i got it i all got right. it today is a new day go out and do it awesome Thank you so much, Howard. Thank you, Brian. Howard Jacobson. How great was he, right? He He's such a huge wealth of knowledge, but not just knowledge, support as well. And I love, I, I love what the guy's doing. I love what he's giving of himself to the world around him. And it all sparked from that moment when he realized he lost his dad to a disease of ignorance. It didn't have to be that way. And you can really see how he's committed himself to this path of trying to ensure it's not that way for other people, or at least minimizing how much we see it happening. And, uh, you know, there's so many, so many key points to take forward for yourself. I love this idea of the six-year-old playing the piano, you know, and what, um, what it would be like for them to just try to bang out some advanced concerto, or I don't know if advanced is the right word to use to describe it. I'm not a, not a musician, but I think you get the point because that's what people end up doing and then they fail with whatever diet was actually pretty advanced and they had no support and no training and no learning and they swear it off or they, worse yet, look down on themselves or feel disappointment or failure and then that impacts their life going forward and their ability to do better for themselves going forward and you can really see how he is trying to make it his mission or he's making it his mission to not have things be that way and well starts such a, a great delivery tool for that. So I love that. I'm so thankful to Howard for being on the show and for uh, giving so much of himself through the process. Really awesome. Um, and thank you to you for listening. I hope that this was valuable for you. And, you know, whether you're vegan curious or a vegan already or, or interested in it, you know, that's that's a personal thing. I don't preach it. I don't push it on people. I allow people to make those decisions for themselves. And just try to share some knowledge. And, you know, that's that's where Howard came in today. Maybe it sparked some curiosity in you. I mean, that's how I got started in it. I was learning things that had me thinking again about where I'm at and the impact on my health and what's important to me in life. It was all part of the do-a-day journey for me. So think about where you're at in your journey. And, you know, is this something to think about bringing into your world? Maybe there are other things to think about. How are you going to wake up every day and do that day in pursuit of what you really care about. That's what do a day is all about. Look, if this is valuable to you, it would be so valuable to me if you would hop onto iTunes and give the show a review. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can easily subscribe while you're there, but give it those star ratings, whatever you're comfortable with. Obviously, five would be lovely, but you know what, what you feel is true to how you think about this show and the value that it's providing you, I would really appreciate then going the extra mile and actually writing a review. What do you think about it? Good or bad? What could be better? What's good enough? What should be maintained? Whatever your thoughts are, I'd love to hear it. And that helps not only other people who are considering subscribing or listening to the show, it helps them get a sense of what it's all about and what's what's good or bad about it, but also 
helps with the growth of the show. The more reviews, the higher uh, Apple then will place it in different like search results and stuff so people can see it. And it's not going to grow if people don't see it. Right? I need people to understand what this is, that it's out there, that it's here to help them. And you going and giving that review is a huge piece of it. So thank you in advance for doing that. It literally takes less than 30 seconds of your time. It would mean the world to me. And just like you growing in your journey, achieving what you seek to achieve should mean the world to you. So thanks again for listening. I hope that this was valuable. I know it's valuable to me. And remember, today is a new day. You can go out and do it. Thanks.